0: Welcome to Grounded Sounds. Welcome. I'm Jen.
1: And I'm Abel.
0: And uh, we have a special holiday episode for everyone tonight. It's Christmas. It is Christmas time. This is going to be the
1: closest on purpose that we've ever recorded a show and then released it. Right. So it's timely. We know what's going on. It's cold outside.
0: <laughs> it is cold outside. It is. I mean, we are in full swing of the holidays. And so we are really thrilled to be able to um, bring a holiday um, episode today Absolutely. and my first that my first thought was um, Maggie McClure and Shane Henry who we have on tonight um, because I you know I knew that they had been releasing holiday songs you know for the last few years but um, they have an album out um, that's called the happiest of holidays and I thought that would be perfect to
1: Absolutely.
0: Pr- promote and, and they're visit with play them some and awesome Christmas songs for us yeah so we have a great episode tonight I wanted to ask you Abel what are some of your holiday traditions your Christmas traditions that you
1: do well they've changed <laughs> since <clears throat> since we opened the shop um, I told everybody that I know because the spy shop is nuts around Christmas and so I told everyone that we know four years ago that I do nothing on Christmas mm-hmm. like Carrie and I go to the farm mom has a farm and uh, we sit and we intermittently sleep eat and watch really old movies oh that sounds lovely! all day um, like last year was mm-hmm. Casablanca and Roman vac- Roman holiday. Mm-hmm. I think we made it all the way through both of them but it was intermittent sleeping and watch movies mm-hmm. but before that i mean you know mom's house and stuff but um like i say since the show you know i do christmas day t- stuff first part of january because i've caught up on my sleep at that point mm-hmm. how about you miss Jean
0: well you know we always we go to my parents house every christmas eve which last year my parents had a house fire and so oh. they were actually displaced so it was kind of a weird year last year but this year they're in their new home and um so we're gonna go and- around here they are they're they're in Edmond, so they're not far. Um, but they yeah, so we're good. We always celebrate Christmas Eve with my side my side of the family, and then we go over to Dustin's side on Christmas Day, and so we kind of split it up. But um, yeah, you know, we make sugar cookies. That's like my grandma's sugar cool. cookie recipe. At some point, um, a few weeks before Christmas, so that's always a tradition with the kids. Um, and then we always do kind of an immediate family Christmas, which is always really cool with my parents, and my siblings, and their families, and. So we have a pretty big like we already have all this stuff scheduled next week. I mean, it's like a whole Christmas week. You I'm know, really, hoping, or this I'm week really and, hoping
1: that we can add Maggie and Shane to our Christmas, you know, traditions list. I know, that's because right. We want to do this are every awesome. year. I know. This is actually the first official Disney princess that we have in the studio.
0: We do. <laughs> so let's go ahead and welcome you guys and let's ask you guys right off the bat, do you guys have any Christmas traditions that you well, sort of do?
2: Maggie and I uh, typically have to do the four Christmases. Yes. What I call the four Christmases because uh-huh. uh, we have, yeah,
3: We're we divorced both parents, families. So <laughs> both sides. lots of family so to see. That, that
2: takes four Christmases to do, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, and and we've done it pretty much every year since we've gotten married. We've mm-hmm. been to all four. It's pretty impressive. So we've, how do you, you do, do that? We've got the three.
1: We've got uh, the three, and it's rest. tricky. You get
2: yeah. in the van and you drive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of
1: driving.
3: Yeah, and you, and you spread eat
0: a out. Lot.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
3: That's good. But they're usually not all on the same day. Yeah. Maybe they...
0: There's a few double headers. Yeah,
3: a few doubles, but... Yeah.
0: I was going to ask if you split it up over different days or if you have to go. We, we try to. <laughs> yeah. We
2: try to plan it that way. Yeah. It's pretty cool because her side of the family is, you know, we just kind of all get together now, which is great. So yeah. It, it Condenses makes it, it. Makes it down to three Christmases. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Four. This year, we'll be flying back from Charlotte on Christmas Eve. So we'll see how that goes. What are you guys doing in Charlotte?
2: Well <laughs> we are <laughs> singing for the holiday halftime show.
3: Yay, yeah. Yeah. For the Hornets. Awesome. So
1: tune in.
3: Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. That's so exciting. Yeah, hopefully it'll be broadcast on on TV. If not, um, I think you can watch it online, but I'm not sure. And then of course we'll try our best to get video to be able to post after so
4: oh that's so, yeah we that's just found
3: out last week we, we get to do a couple songs for the halftime show and it's really neat every NBA team they only have one holiday game mm-hmm.
1: okay so game. it's yeah. pretty
3: cool that we get to yeah. be a part of that it's awesome. get to perform at it so we're really excited yeah
0: Oh well, that's oh that'll be so great. We'll have to tune into that. And let's we'll back up for our listeners. So you guys are both music artists individually, but you're married, mm-hmm. so you often do things together as a duet. And um, so tell us a little bit. Let's start kind of maybe a, with you guys as individual artists because you you do things separately. You have different sounds in your music. You have different albums. You ha, you know. So well, I want to kind of want to hear about your journeys as solo artists, but then also how you guys have come together, met, combined, all that good stuff. So.
2: Sure. Let me start it off. Sure. So, my dad took me to see two concerts that kind of were the the pivotal point where I decided that I wanted to be a musician or I was I, I got really interested in music. I grew up in a little small town in Oklahoma called Verdon, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, population 600, so very very, you know, very small town. Um, certainly not I didn't have any music in school. Um so but but luckily for me my dad uh, was just always playing music from the time I was born in the house Beatles to Bob Dylan to Stevie Wonder to Donny Hathaway to Stevie Ray Vaughan and and so it, it, you know just growing up music had always been kind of a you know, I love singing, and, sure. and it had always been kind of a part of my life. And uh, uh, when I was 12, he took me to two shows. The One, one was uh, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers at the Civic oh, wow. Center on the Wildflowers tour. Oh. Crazy. Like, 96, yeah. 97. Mm-hmm. And blew my mind, and Taj Mahal opened up the show, oh. and I was just
1: like, wow,
2: you know. And to this day, Tom Petty is still, you know, one of my top sure. ten.
1: And Tom Petty concerts are just like greatest hits shows. Coming back it's to just, Oklahoma
2: City, which, which is awesome. I right. When is he coming? I think, I think they announced We, we will yeah, be this, there this past week. I'm not sure what see if we can was.
1: get him in the studio.
2: <laughs> That'd be awesome. I'll um, tweet him. <laughs>
1: I'll do it. But
2: yeah, so that happened, and then I want to say within the same month or so uh, of that same year, I went to the Tulsa Blues Festival um, and saw BB King and Buddy Guy. I was at that show. You were. Mm-hmm. No, I want to say 96, uh, 97 yep, too, honestly. As well. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just a real pivotal, kind of you know. Was that wait? Was that it. the one
1: Dr. John played?
2: I'm not sure. I remember Bonnie Raitt, uh, Buddy Guy, and BB King was the lineup.
1: I so. think the one I went to was Buddy Guy, BB King, and Dr. John. Yeah. But on the on the river on the park right, there, right, yep. yeah, yeah. And
2: uh, just uh, walked away from that, going, "Wow, I want a guitar. You know, mm-hmm. I want to you know I want to, I want to learn to play like that. You know." And it's just, I, I just from that point forward, I started submersing myself listening to blues records and figuring out who those people listened to and, and of course, you know, got into Stevie Ray Vaughan and Jimi Hendrix and traced it back to like, you know, real obscure guys like Freddie King and Albert mm-hmm. King and Albert Collins, Lead Belly games. and all those guys. Oh you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, got, I went all the way back to, you know, of course got into Clapton and then it was like, who did Eric Clapton listen to? Mm-hmm. You know, and found out that he was, you know, he was ripping off Robert Johnson mm-hmm. So I just really became kind of this blues purist kid and I was a total nerd and and <laughs> didn't fit in in my school at all because I got into music and everybody else was into athletics and I was a tall, lanky kid. You mm-hmm. know, they wanted me to play basketball and stuff, but I found music and so that's kind of where I started and I'm talking a lot, but anyways, from that I, point I forward, <laughs> I, uh, uh, you know, started my first band when I was 16 and then, um pretty soon I, thereafter recorded my first CD and under my own name and uh, um, just kind of started playing clubs and playing regionally and uh, was just trying to book gigs every Friday and Saturday. It was like my goal to have a Did gig you play a lot weekend. of American Legions? I did, yeah. I played a lot of stuff. I mean, I, I wanted. Th- it's really funny too. Like, it's like one of my first gigs ever was like a gymnastics meet. <laughs> it's like hilarious. Like, who plays at a gymnastics
4: meet? Yeah, I've, I've got a strikingly
1: similar story. I grew up oh, outside man. of Enid, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and uh, was in a band as opposed to the band. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think one of we used to play a lot of American Legions and and like flea markets and mm-hmm. people's garages predominantly. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: But, uh, but yeah, you know, fast forward to, you know, a few years of playing clubs. When I was 18, I was playing at the Woody Guthrie Festival, actually, in a bar out there. I didn't play at the actual festival. And I met this guy named Kevin Bowe, who was a songwriter uh, from Minneapolis and uh, had had a lot of success with songs of his being recorded by, by you know, well-known blues artists, primarily Edda James and, and Tommy Castro and uh, Susan Tedeschi and Johnny Lang. And he heard me playing in this bar, and he was impressed. and And he told me it was like if you if you ever make it to Minneapolis, you know, give me a call or something. So, I like knew that he was a successful songwriter, and I was still like I was at that point focused more on playing guitar. I hadn't really found my voice beyond a twelve bar blues progression, as far as you know, lyric Mm -hmm. writing and stuff like that. And so, I convinced him to write some songs with me. And I went to Minneapolis uh, when I was eighteen. and had my first co-write, you know, with the professional person who had, you know, he wrote two of Johnny Lang's biggest songs, uh, "Breaking Me," and I want to say there was another song. another yeah. song too the, of Johnny's that he wrote. I can't think of the title, but um, no, it wasn't "Lie to Me." It was um, it was off the "Lie to Me" record. It was a B-side song. It wasn't a, a big single, but but anyways, um, so. I ended up moving to Minneapolis through meeting Kevin Bowe. I signed with uh, Johnny Lang's management, Blue Sky Artist Management when I was 18 and moved from small town Oklahoma to Minneapolis and uh, kind of decided to pursue it because an opportunity presented itself. And uh, and once I moved there, it was like 2001, I got up there and it was like, I, bl- I remember moving into my apartment and it was like, you know, August when I moved in, and then like 9/11 happened, like mm. right as soon as I got there, and it was just like this really strange thing. And mm. and then, um, you know, of course, I started playing in a band around the Twin Cities, and and that went on for a few years. You know, um, and then ironically enough, I was playing, uh, I was playing a gig, and I was on a set break uh, one night at a club in Minneapolis, and my manager called and she said, "I have some really good news for you." So what? I mean, she never called me late, you know, and it was like ten o'clock or something. She said, "You're going to be going out opening for BB King." Oh wow! So in two thousand four, two thousand four, two thousand five, um, I was out on the BB King festival tour, oh, wow. um, opening for one of my big idols. So, mm.
4: um,
2: so that's kind of my story—the long story. I don't think I've told it that long. And since then, yeah, we got to catch up from 'o five to now. I mean, since then, shoot, I've just been pressing forward. I mean, from from that tour, I ended up recording a record with Double Trouble, Stevie Ray Vaughan's band, mm-hmm. released it, toured it, uh, put out two solo records. And I've got another new solo record coming out in uh, April. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm pretty much leaving out the Los Angeles chapter out of this, but we moved to LA in 2012 and have been out there for four years. We're currently. In a sort of in-between, back-and-forth phase, uh, we have a guest house out there, so we travel back and forth, but um, got a new record that's coming out, produced by David Ryan Harris, and uh, it was launched through Kickstarter, which was really cool. Raised the money through Kickstarter. Cool. And uh, super excited about it. And uh, anyways, I want to pass it over to Maggie to tell her story now.
1: What's your story, Maggie?
2: Go, girl. That's
3: my story. <laughs> well, so I... I was pretty much born a performer, as my parents would say, and I started dance classes when I was two and just absolutely loved it and just always liked performing for my family. And I would make my brother like sit there and watch and then tell him to <laughs> clap, you know. That's great. <laughs> we have home videos. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm so
0: ridiculous. So, I've
3: seen them, trust yeah, you. Yeah, it's true.
2: Little princess. <laughs>
1: it's on the album a Disney animator (laughs) drew her as a princess you can't it's not (laughs) deniable at this point princess Maggie (laughs)
0: yes grew up into a full-fledged beautiful Disney princess (laughs) oh well thank you
3: Um, so yeah I've just been performing my whole life and um, since I was really little I I would get together with my friends when I was in elementary school and be like, okay, guys, we're going to do a concert for our parents. So you sing this song, you sing this song, I'm going to do this song. And this is when karaoke tapes just, you know, I just discovered this. I was, oh my gosh, it blew my mind. So I had this tape and it had like, uh, mostly Bonnie Raitt songs on it. And so I was doing those and, um, I would arrange these performances for our neighborhood. <laughs> and I'm like eight it. years old. So about this time, I start writing my first songs. Mm-hmm. And I've recently found like old lyric sheets. And it's crazy. Like when I was eight, I'm, I wrote out verse one. And then there's like form. And then pre-chorus, chorus, bridge. I'm just like.
2: Wow. You actually knew what when that I was At eight, eight years old. Yeah. That's
3: awesome. Of course, the lyrics are about going to the mall and eating ice cream. <laughs>
0: But well, yeah. <laughs> that's what your life is. Well, yeah. Eight. yeah. Yeah.
3: So I've just it's just been a part of me ever since I can remember. And um, so growing up in school, I was in band and choir um, always. I was on the drum line. I played percussion. Um, I was in jazz band. I was in all kinds of different bands in high school. I actually played drums in my first few bands and wore the Britney Spears mic. Uh-huh. It's nice. pretty awesome. Ooh, yeah. And my, I, want one of those. I think my, one of my first gigs was um, I was in a band with two guys and I was playing drums. And we knew three songs. <laughs> and we got hired to play at a birthday party. So we just played those three songs over and over again. There you go. And one of those was That Thing You Do.
2: Oh, that's a great song. Love it. Yeah. It's a great song. I think you can play that song all night long. And my husband and I fired. are obsessed with that <laughs> song. Yeah,
0: you
3: can. <laughs> so then about when I was uh, 15, I got in like my first real band. We were an all-girl band um, in high school. We played shows every weekend. Um, our big our big venue was Borders. Mm-hmm which no longer is there. <laughs> was it's say, very sad. I don't
1: think they're around anymore. Yeah. I know, it's so sad. There used to be this thing called a book... Store, yeah, right back in the day. If
0: you kids don't know about yeah, it, better you check it out. would go
1: there yeah. and they sold books. <laughs>
0: it's so sad.
2: <laughs> I had a definite era where I
1: played the yeah. Borders bookstores. Um, they used well, to have yeah. musicians
2: play there, yeah. But yeah. I, I got um, kicked out for being too loud. <laughs>
1: <yeah>. <laughs> I think uh, it's it's like, a few years ago, Chris Christopherson did a whole like bookstore thing where he would just like go and randomly show up at bookstores. And
0: nice, That's I remember cool.
1: hearing an interview with him when he was like, All these kids are probably like. I didn't know Whistler could sing.
0: (laughs) That's
3: funny. So, yeah, I I did the Borders era Mm -hmm. and um, started playing at restaurants and venues. So about when I was 15 is when I really stepped it up and started playing like almost every weekend. And I recorded um, like a demo CD when I was 17, I would say. Um of about 10 songs that I had written, my band and I at the time just went into a studio um here in Oklahoma City actually. Um
0: which one was it?
3: Uh what's it called? It's Dave Copenhagen. Studio Seven. Yeah, yeah Studio yes, Seven. Yes. Studio yes. Seven. Yes. Yeah. It was a blast. Dave. I love Dave. Yeah. yeah, he's awesome. He is. He so I went studio. in with my high school bandmates at the time and we just cut these songs and it was a blast. And um Anyway, I did that and then graduated high school and went on to Oklahoma City University. Mm -hmm. And during this whole time, um, still playing shows, still writing, I recorded an album in 2006 in Dallas at Spaceway Studios, which was really fun. And that was kind of really the pivotal point, I think, in my career where it took things from, A local artist to being more of a a starting to be a more established act, meaning it was really cool. From the songs from this first album that I did, every single one of them got licensed in different TV shows, Mm -hmm. and I was like, "Whoa, what is happening?" And I was getting these amazing performance opportunities, and I was still a full time student. And there were definitely days where I was like maybe I should take a break from school, but everyone was like, don't stop, you'll never want to go back. So I just kept with it, and even though it was hard, I'm just, I'm so thankful that I stuck with it, and I got a music business degree from OCU, and it was probably the smartest thing I've ever done, because it was really like a piano performance degree with a a minor in business. Mm So everything that I did has really come in very, very handy, everything that I've studied. So anyway, throughout all that, then I graduated in 2009. That's when um, I started really getting on board with college touring. And Mm -hmm. so playing the NACA circuit, um, if you guys have heard of that, and and doing showcases at these um, conferences and playing universities all over, Mm -hmm. um, I think, I was doing like 100 college dates a year for a few years. It was pretty crazy and really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, We were getting to go to places we had never been and lots of East Coast tour dates and all kinds of stuff and driving (laughs) everywhere, (laughs) even in the winter. (laughs) Like crazy people.
2: Dallas to Boston, two days.
3: Yeah, no big deal, right? It's a lot of
2: windshield time for sure. totally. Oh, the gigs like 1700 miles from here. Awesome.
3: Yeah.
1: Do that in two days. Yeah, Yeah, no
3: problem. Sure. So got a lot of, um, touring experience, um, and still am now, but a lot then all over the country. And so I did the college touring like 2009 to 2012 ish. And, In that time, I recorded an EP out in Nashville, which um, was a blast, and I had a great time writing for that and recording it. And then, let's see, um, Shane and I moved to L.A. We got married in 2011 and moved to L.A., and uh, I did a pledge music campaign, and raised money to do a record, which I did out there with Justin Glasgow, and uh, that was an awesome experience, and got to work with some great musicians, and write with some awesome people, and play a bunch of shows out there, and do kind of a West Coast run, and anyway, it's really cool, a lot of the songs from all of my records have gotten featured in different tv shows and movies throughout the years and it's just so exciting and um, that's really been one of my main focuses is more placements and right now even tapping into um, commercials that's kind of something new that I'm exploring and hopefully we'll get an opportunity for that soon Mm -hmm. so um, it's just been it's been a journey and it's my whole life, really, and I've just been doing it forever, and I couldn't imagine not doing it.
0: Well, that's what um, we talked about earlier. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, usually on Grounded Sounds, we do two segments. We have our, you know, music minded business uh, owner or entrepreneur, and then we have our artists. And um, I really was thinking about you guys, about how, and Maggie you said earlier, you're artistpreneurs, which Mm -hmm. you you Mm -hmm. are. I mean, you guys um, everything you just... All the things you just talked about, um, you know, you you guys are a business. I mean, you right. know, and it does it takes you know the business mind and the uh, pursuing it from that approach to to really do what you guys are doing. So um, that's why it's such a pleasure to visit with you guys. Not only are you amazing artists, but you're amazing business people as well. Because I've had the pleasure of working with both of you, and um, I can only I have such great words for both of you. It's you guys are very professional, oh. and it's it's you know you're you're well, wonderful. Thank you. um, but yeah, so um, I do kind of want to hear about how you guys met real quick on, yeah. The, yeah, on the romance side. Carrie
1: K- yes. was just on my left shoulder here. She was just like, ask them how they
2: met.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know. How long have you guys been playing together and stuff?
2: Well, we've been playing. We started playing together kind of much, a long, it was way after we met. And even we're dating, we started, yeah. You kind of started sitting in sometimes and singing background vocals when my band was playing. Mm -hmm. It's kind of usually that's how it started. And then we started playing
3: some acoustic shows just for fun. I would say like 2007. Yeah, 2007. Did you guys meet at OCU? Like, no,
2: actually, when I moved back from Minneapolis, which Mm -hmm. I was talking about earlier, you Mm -hmm. know, I I worked with a manager there for three three years, Mm -hmm. and uh, when I moved back home, um. After kind of a long stint of of touring and then coming home to to basically breaking even and not being able to pay my rent, mm-hmm. uh, which is something we all face as musicians, um, the, the the highs and lows. Yeah, just went out on tour opening for BB King. Doesn't get much higher than that. Came home, well, had a meeting with the manager, and I got back. Well. Great job on the tour, but uh, we broke even. So after we paid the band, there's no money left for you. And uh, so I had to move out of my apartment. Mm -hmm. So moved back home and regrouped. And I was like, okay, well, I kind of went back to what I knew and I called up a lot of the musicians that I'd worked with before. And one of them was my keyboard player, Jim Robinson. And um, we were uh, we had a show coming up that we had booked at the red dirt cafe in uh, Norman. Oh, uh, no. There. Well, yeah what, yeah. what
1: what yearish was this? I want to
2: say probably like maybe 2003 yeah. or four. there's a there. very good chance yeah. I was there. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh,
1: I was at OU during, OU. during those awesome. years yeah. and did a lot of nights at the red dirt, Yeah. not wow. playing, just watching.
2: <laughs> so, uh, I was, I was rehearsing and, uh, Jim had mentioned, he said, Hey, um, I'm teaching piano lessons to this young girl that's in, that's a singer songwriter and you know would it be okay if she opens the show? I said sure I don't care yeah that's fine. So Maggie opened up a show for me when I she was like 17 Aww. that's when we first met. Oh
0: my mm-hmm.
2: god. I was probably 21, 22 somewhere in there.
0: Yeah.
2: Um and uh, so that that was our first. Meeting. That was when we
3: first met. We first and met. so now fast forward. Shane's keyboard player Jim is my stepdad. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Wow. Yeah. So it's really crazy how everything worked. So um, at the time when you know Shane had him playing, I think was he dating my mom and yeah, yeah. he
2: was dating your mom. He just they were dating. dating yeah. Yeah.
3: So it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's how we
0: met. Crazy. I always think about if you are supposed to meet somebody, there's going to be a few times that, that you know, there's right. like some crossover yeah. there that um, keeps yeah. happening.
3: And it's funny <laughs> because um, I had op- an opportunity or two to meet Shane before then, um, but I I just didn't go for some reason, but. This time they're like, "Do you want to open the show?" I'm like, "Okay."
5: <laughs> and that
1: was at the Red Dirt Cafe. Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah. Man,
1: I had totally forgotten about the Red Dirt Cafe. Yeah, but yeah. I spent a lot of time there between '99 and 04. <laughs>
5: bringing
0: back
1: memories. <laughs> yeah. wow. it's completely remembered. It's a great little spot. A ton <laughs> of shows. Great shows there. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, Shane, to kind of touch on what you're talking about, I, I like how you're you're really candid about um you know being a music artist and artistpreneur about mm-hmm. how it is. It's a it, it's filled with highs and lows you know we had um and somebody we've all worked with as as graham colton a couple weeks ago on our show and kind of the same thing like he was able to open up for some of his idols too and you know same with you and you know so you have these just elated experiences and then you also have these experiences where where you're like okay how am i gonna like pay my rent today or how am i you know and absolutely and we always like to that's something that is important to me to really explore on our podcast because first of all i really want to tell our listeners the realities of being a music artist and an artist in general of like, you know, yeah, you might be opening for one of the biggest artists, but it doesn't mean that, you know, it's like some it's highs and lows. So it's like, I want to to really bring um, that to light of like support artists, support music artists, because everybody need you know, we all need that support um, through the journeys because it's not an easy journey and it's a lot of resiliency and it's a lot of hard work. Um, and then also to new artists to really say, hey, you know, yeah, you can look at somebody and think, oh, you know, they have an awesome tour bus or whatever and they've made it, but now we're kind of like, what does making it mean? You know, because you have these wonderful moments, but it's not, um, and we've we've talked about this idea, it, it's not like this flow chart of, you know, you just keep going. It's like this matrix of, um, I think Jared Deck said that, of, you know, you look at a career, a music career, an artist career, and it's, it's you know, it is, it's like looking at the matrix of, so I think that, um, I think it's important to just really talk about what it's like to be an artist and an artistpreneur, and it's not always... Uh, glitz and glam, and then you have those moments that are, you know, and so.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, this is one of those things that when you first pick the guitar up and you start discovering music, it, it it's from a passion. It's from a place inside your heart where, you know, you are compelled to get home from school and you can't wait to grab your guitar and play. Mm-hmm. You can't wait to play a gig. You know, you're excited about it, but. As you as you mature on and and you sort of you know at least for me you know no I'm no longer living at my parents' house you know when I when I moved out well at some point in time you know you have to go okay well now I have to make money to pay the bills mm-hmm. and that that is an equation that that gets sort of added into it later on down the road but um, you know this decision to pursue this is I feel like is you know it's a commitment that you're going to make life life lifelong through the highs and lows. And I mean, I've experienced some amazing highs and some amazing lows. Mm -hmm. And uh, I feel like the best thing you can do as an artist is, is uh, channel all that in your music, you know, write about it. Um, That is your fuel. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, Maggie and I can, can both tell you that our records are full of songs that we've written from the experiences we've had, Mm -hmm. you know, and um, without those, Songs wouldn't come, so, so that's something to you know. But I would just say, you know, if you're if you're going to pursue this, do it. You know, yeah. don't just say I'm going I'm going to dabble for six months, and if I'm, you know, not on The Voice or American Idol or whatever, then I'm going another direction. I feel like it's something that you. If your heart's in it, do it. Mm-hmm. You
0: know. Yeah. So. yeah, absolutely. And we and we really want to educate our our communities and our um, even you know clients I've worked with with booking um, mm-hmm. of just you know yeah it's like it's important to support local music and to support artists and and you guys I mean you guys obviously um, aren't just local artists anymore but uh, you know support artists artists in general because um, yeah I mean we think it's important we think it's valuable we think you guys are valuable. Uh, But it's, it's a tough industry, you know? So, um, yeah, yeah, that's something we really strive to do is let people know. Sure. That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) I
3: mean, for us, like, it's interesting from the outside looking in, um, when we're looking at other artists or when other people are looking at us, um, you know, you, one might assume, Oh, they must be doing really well financially or whatever the case may be. But, um, the industry is just a mess right now. And like, Someone asked us today, do you guys get paid when your songs played on the radio? And I was like, you know what, I'm going to look into that. And so I did today and it was like maybe like $40 from last year. And I'm like, "Okay, Mm -hmm. yeah, we got paid $40, you know. So it's just um, it's about being proactive and being persistent and keeping on, keeping on and finding ways like Shane mentioned Earlier, just like we have our hands in so many different avenues and just because finding something consistent
4: mm-hmm.
3: is really difficult. Absolutely. So that's you why you have different,
2: to different niches. yeah. So,
1: and that's so to, cool that you, that you, that you bring that up because from an entrepreneurial standpoint, such as, you know, I'm an entrepreneur entrepreneur as well, that you've always got to have so many multiple different income streams in any business. Sure. I mean, you know, whether it be a store or real estate or whatever, but you guys have done a really cool job just from, and I didn't know any of this before we started talking to you, from just like getting into, you know, when we had the live performance, um, movies and TV shows and you're playing on the radio and stores and so all of those different little things is so cool that you guys have figured out a way to get into all of that stuff and the business side mm-hmm. and that's uh, really, really interesting to hear about you guys. Sounds like you're doing a really great job.
3: Thank you. Yeah, it's it's taken a long time um, we've both been doing this for 15 years. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean when we first started all we were really doing was playing live yeah. gigs. I yeah. mean we were just, we were hustling and playing, I mean at least for me, I mean I was playing clubs you know, through four, you know, try, trying to book three or four shows at least a mm-hmm. week, you know, sure. and that was my, my primary income. But, you know, from the time that we sort of shifted into the college touring, that that became sort of a new source of income. Okay, we're, we're getting these guarantees now and we're going around and playing colleges. And, hey, it doesn't matter if five people show up or if we randomly have one of, you know, maybe one of every five shows would be well promoted and 200 kids would be there.
4: Mm-hmm. And
2: so those had guarantees that were like keeping us, on the path you know Mm -hmm. and then we sort of transitioned from that into you know moving to LA and then we started we're like okay we're in LA now we've got to find ways that we can support Mm ourselves here so we started co-writing with other artists Mm -hmm. Um, we started writing music for film and TV yeah and and uh, singing
3: on TV shows and just taking opportunities when they come you know hey Maggie you want to come sing on this Disney show Mm -hmm. like
0: yes i
2: will okay <laughs> I mean, and then i got outside outside
3: shane of, on the show too right. and it's just it's really cool but we
2: started you know taking chances on doing stuff that was outside of our own artistry yeah. you know mm-hmm. like because it all sort of it all ties together it does end, you, know? you
3: never know what doors are going to be right. opened from doing one thing it always has led to something else sure. right it's been and really so cool. you know
2: the music placements and then uh, mm-hmm. i met a, i connected with a with somebody who I'd met, leaving a writing session, and this guy owned a music production company, and he, his music, is composed all over Discovery Channel shows like Naked and Afraid, mm-hmm. cool. you know some of these uh, kind of uh, like adventure shows, and uh, for a little while he presented me with the opportunity to just write and write and record instrumental music for his shows, and so I did that. I mean we've done a lot of outside of the box thinking mm-hmm. and even Maggie's come up with some really cool opportunities for us, which I'm going to let her talk, tell you about, but one of them has been performing at NBA halftime shows.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which we kind of touched on earlier, but, um, in 2014, we got asked to play the, <clears throat> the thunder halftime show because that's the year that our song started playing, um, on magic 104.1. Thank you, Steve O'Brien.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And, um, So we did that, and then from that, um, I got the idea that we should do this at other NBA events, Mm -hmm. and why not? So uh, just being the artistpreneur that I am, um, I... I uh, convinced Tyler at the Thunder to become our agent for <laughs> sports entertainment events. And he he's the one who got us the Madison Square Garden for the Knicks game last year and then got us the Charlotte Hornets game that we'll be doing next week. So, I mean, Very that cool. mm-hmm. that was an opportunity that I saw. And I was like, you know what? This could be more than just this.
1: Well it's, it's cool set. that you recognize that, mm-hmm. you know. That's kind of what separates entrepreneurs from everybody else is you see these little things and you're like, Oh, I could do something with that. You know, and, and you know that might lead to something else. And it will, you know, you like you guys have touched on, you know, playing at these shows and the and all this, it'll all lead to a bigger piece of a really larger pie that it's interesting for me to see from a different side of a business entrepreneur mm-hmm. standpoint that how everything all fits together. So it's really cool that you mm-hmm. guys are doing that.
3: Thank you, and yeah, and just the last year and a half, two years, I've gotten some acting opportunities that just kind of came my way by being a singer, a yeah. songwriter, mm-hmm. and um, so that's something new that w- has been thrown into the mix too. And now doing some voiceover stuff and oh, acting stuff. The best. It's, mm-hmm. it's been really cool, and it's not something that I thought, you know, ten years ago, I'm going to be doing you know, acting and voiceover work. But um, once again, like we were talking about, it's all related mm-hmm. and it's cool because um, we've gotten some opportunities to do on camera performing, which is, you know, the best. We, sure. we got to write and produce a song um, in a film that'll be coming out in 2017. Um, and then we got to be in the movie performing it. I mean, oh, cool. yeah. that's well, pretty awesome.
1: Or can you say, uh, it's
3: it's called Cowgirl's Story, but they might be changing the title, okay. but it's a feature film, so it'll be awesome. out in theaters. Awesome. Well, oh,
1: we talked about so, it yeah. a little bit in, in the performance, but which we'll hear in a bit, mm-hmm. but tell us about the uh, the Hallmark movie.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, we just actually found out about this, but this is, you know, <laughs> once again, I mean, just for people that are listening that are here in Oklahoma, I mean, getting out and networking is so key, and mm-hmm. um, at one of the OK Film uh, uh, film and Music film Office, and music office uh, mm-hmm. meetings that they had, was that the summer that we met Christopher McNeely?
3: Yeah, it was earlier this
2: year. Earlier this year we met uh, we met Christopher McNeely who is who uh, works for Mar Vista Films mm-hmm. and um, you know, he spoke and afterwards, of course, Maggie and I got up there and we said, hey, you know, we, we shook his hand and met him and said, hey, you know, if you ever need any Christmas music in your movies, mm-hmm. we've got some great Christmas songs and and we really do feel like these songs are classics, and um, you know we put a lot of time crafting them, and, and uh, so we gave them the CD. And said, well, you know, I can connect you with some with the person you know at that that handles this. So Maggie kind of took it and ran with it, and um, here we go. We just found out yeah. that we're going to be using two of our songs in a new Hallmark movie that's going to be airing on the 17th of mm-hmm. December at seven o'clock, I believe, and it's called. Help me out. A
3: title? Uh, my Christmas love. Yeah, mm, Christmas love. Yes, that's so exciting. So, yeah. Yeah. that's such a total so, I mean, Hallmark Hall Fame movie title too. I love too. that. Yeah. It's so funny too because
2: we we've known about this placement for a little bit, but they were telling us the wrong title. We tried to yeah. look the movie up, so Maggie I was kept like this asking, movie
3: doesn't exist. What the <laughs> heck? They kept
2: saying 12 Days to Christmas" is what it was, but that's they have a they have a movie marathon called 12 Days to Christmas" oh. where they air you know you know Hallmark movies and some new stuff, and it's one of the new. Feet, you know, nice. maybe so mm-hmm. yeah,
4: yeah, we
3: literally just found out. I have no idea
1: day. what the plot might be.
2: Well, <laughs> No
3: clue.
1: You know, you can, that's a cliffhanger. You can, we got to wait.
2: I can I tell you that the two songs in the movie are Kiss for Christmas and First Thing on My Christmas List oh. is You. So a oh. little, little romance. My
4: might
1: tie in there. with the plot. I don't know. There might be a <laughs> twist.
2: There might be. <laughs> What's going to happen is up. they're going to meet.
1: There could be a couple. <laughs> they're going to
2: meet. They're going to get in a big fight.
1: There might be a fight. Fu- <laughs>
2: She's <laughs> going to go home for a little bit.
1: Odds are at the end. Something's going to happen. Something's going to bring them back. The
2: mistletoe is going to be dangling. Over <laughs> and a kiss for Christmas is gonna happen. And they so. end
0: up together. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be
1: tied up in a nice
2: package. I know that's right. So, but it's it's exciting. That's and it's cool. It's just yeah. like it's just one of the of the many seeds that that we plant. And uh, I got to give it up for Maggie for that because she's so persistent. And it's funny because people meet her and they see she's really sweet and kind. But mm-hmm. you know she has a very bulldog. Uh, you know, spirit when it comes to, she is not going to give up and she will keep on. And she knows positive,
3: persistent. (laughs) She knows
2: exactly, she knows exactly how to, uh, to keep at people. And just that, you know, she, she, she can, uh, you know, there's that fine line of being uh, annoying and persistent and she stays on the persistent side and people respond. So that's awesome. I mean, that's
1: what it really takes. It does. You know, but I mean, speaking of that, I mean, the way I met you guys, was you were having your release show. Yeah. Maggie had a release show for the your Will album. Rogers Which Theater. album was yeah. that?
3: My last one.
1: And that was 2013? 14. 14. 14 yeah. And my spy shop is located across the street from the Will Rogers Theater. Yeah. And I uh, forget the guy that promoted it. What was that guy's name? Daryl. Daryl, yeah. Mm-hmm. Daryl had been promoting the show, and he was like, Maggie's coming, and he's like this really animated guy. And um, as the day of the show or the day before you guys came in the shop. And um, we're wandering around, I was like, these guys look kind of musician-y. And I think I've seen this girl on the poster out front of the Little Rogers Theater. <laughs> so I was like, so what are you guys doing? And we got to talking and found out that you were releasing your album over there. And yeah, you were, guys were both just so nice and so personable. And so the other day, I saw Maggie and Shane over at Channel 25. Mm-hmm. We were both doing a promo on the same day.
0: Loving and Oklahoma. I was like, I
1: swear I've seen these guys before. So, I was just kind of like thinking about it. I was like, I think that's Maggie. So, I went out because yeah. been, they've been sitting on the other side of the room for half an hour at this mm-hmm. point. I was like, Did I meet you guys at the spy shop? And same thing, both super personable, super like easy to talk to and outgoing. And, and I was like, I think you're going to be on my podcast, but <laughs> I'm not sure if that's been locked down or not. So, yeah. And then so here we are. And it, and it all works out really well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I like how, um, again, you guys touched on persistence because I think ultimately um, you're contractors. I mean, we're, you know, when you're a contractor in whatever way, whether you're a music artist or, you know, an oil and gas contractor or whatever that is, or a spice merchant, (laughs) it is, it's that persistence that has to be there to keep getting work. I mean, that's how you, you know, stay in it. And so that it does, it's it's amazing that you have that.
3: Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and before when you were touching on it's not all glitz and glam, Mm -hmm. a lot of it is not glitz and glam. (laughs) A lot of it is hard work and a lot of people saying no and a lot of people not responding at all. Mm -hmm. Um, So when we do get an email like we did today, hey, your songs are going to be on Hallmark Saturday. It's like... Yay! Yeah, and you yeah, immediately absolutely.
1: got to jump on that kind of yeah. stuff and be like, okay, so they're going to be on the thing. How can I promote it? What can I do? Like, yeah. who else can we talk yeah, to? Well, that's exactly, exactly yeah. what I did. Exactly, yeah. and that's what you spark, have to do. You know? And like, we get that too. Like, I'll get like a restaurant guy come in. Like uh, the guy from the pump came in the other day and was like, hey, I'm thinking about we're doing these chili dogs, and I'm like, okay, how what can I get you? What can I can I get you? Something spices for this? I'll help you out. I'll do this or that. And um, yeah, every time an opportunity like that comes up, you have to recognize it. And, uh, and how you respond to it is how you keep on with your doing your own thing. Mm-hmm.
0: You know? Yeah, and I, I like, you know, talking about the behind the scenes because it is, it's so much behind the scenes. And then when you, you know, all, obviously like the fun opportunities you get to talk about and, you know, post on social media and tell sure. friends and family, sure. but it's like not everybody always sees all that grit that you're oh, putting yeah. in the heart and no. the persistence. Well, and, and you, know.
3: you don't want to come across like you're complaining. Mm, online. No. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't want to be like... You know, post something yeah. like, sure. oh, let's filter yes. and just post so sure. like the positive stuff yeah. that people can celebrate with us instead of, mm-hmm. you know, they don't need to know how Fancy hard enough. it is.
4: Carrie, <laughs> yeah. and I, Carrie and
1: I talk about it all the time. Unless you're an entrepreneur and you're in this field, no one understands. No right. one understands. You, you don't understand the day-to-day. It's impossible to understand the day-to-day unless you've been in it. Right. And um, same thing from a music side as well.
0: That's why I like to give our artists a lot of credit yeah, absolutely. you guys work very hard. Huge
1: props to you guys.
0: So I have two Thank questions you. for you that have come up. Um, so kind of you guys are back and forth between L.A. and Oklahoma. Um, tell us a little bit about the difference between the two cities because I know we have a lot of music artists that move you know, mm-hmm. to L.A. and New York and Nashville. And um, I love that you guys are here now. I mean, it's wonderful. I, You guys, um, I don't know if you like either one better or worse, but like, tell us a little bit about – your opportunities between both if it's just if it's really tough in Oklahoma and that's kind of where you get more opportunities in LA or if you've um, been surprised about Oklahoma or or what do you guys feel on that?
2: Well I think we were kind of at a place where you know prior to let's see in 2009 I I started writing with a, a songwriter for a record Beauty and the Struggle that I released in 2010 and I'd been making a lot of trips to, to LA to, to work with him and, and I'd kind of spent so much time there. I'd probably spent, you know, between 2009 and I probably spent four months of time in LA and, you know, staying same with his family and, and getting to kind of immerse myself in the scene there. And, and I really wanted to move there, uh, because I, I recognized that there was a lot of opportunities and, uh, so we kind of came out of this, this college touring. We, we had, had worked with an agent for about three years and we kind of ended on a bad note where, you know, we won't even get into that. But what it did was it was like, it was just the universe telling us it was time to, mm-hmm. to try something new and we just took a chance, you know, and I feel like, you know, if you're not willing to, to put, to, to risk something and have faith that it's going to work out, you, you know, it's certainly, if you don't try it or show up, it's certainly not going to, and um, we moved out there, and it's, it wasn't, you know, easy at all. But, you know, I mean, some amazing mm-hmm. things happened from, yeah, from living that there. That would have
3: never happened. You know, otherwise. I got to
2: I got to work with an artist, David Ryan Harris, who's been one of my biggest influences, and and uh, you know, he played in John Mayer's band for ten years, and ended up, you know, working with him. He produced, you know, my upcoming record that we released in April. I mean, that's one thing that of many things that that came from living there. Um, one night, I. Maggie and I uh got invited to go to a, a kind of a party that was you know hosted by two songwriters and and it was where they called it the story hour where they would invite you know uh, singer songwriters up and and you know I mean the who's who of musicians was in the house but everybody was just a musician and uh people like Colby Calais played and and uh you know Scott Weiland got up and played, and I got called up to play a song in a, in a mm-hmm. room of people, you know, that I would have never met, you know, and, uh, just so opportunities come from, from stepping out of your comfort zone. And, mm-hmm. and that's just what we were willing to do. And of course, you know, we are proud ok- Okies, you know, and, and we're, you know, we are always going to tell people that we're from here. We're yeah. not from LA, yeah. you know, but, but, You know, when you feel like you've reached a plateau, you got to go somewhere, you got to try something new. And that's that was kind of the journey for for us uh, of why we moved there. And, Mm -hmm. and that sort of opened the doors on all the the placements and film TV opportunities. And of course, Maggie getting into acting and, and voiceover work. I mean, that that wouldn't happen from being here. And so, you know, that's that's what i can say about, about la but you know yeah. of course if we could have those opportunities in our own backyard we we would be here you know yeah i know left, i know, you know I mean,
0: we have uh, we have some miles to go <laughs> sure
2: sure but it's definitely it's, it's cool time it's really, right now it's really cool mm, yeah. to see like i mean i'll be honest like you know i've been blown away with the past you know in 4 years what's happened you know from 2012 to 2016 to see what's happened here in our own backyard with with new you know music venues opening mm-hmm. you know the criterion i mean we've got some some amazing stuff happening here yeah, in our own Yeah, the music scene
3: so. in general.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's grown a
3: lot. And it's cool. Um, I'll be doing an interview with the Oklahoma Film and Music Office tomorrow. And one thing that they um, brought up was they were like, tell us something cool about your experience with the Oklahoma music scene.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: I was like, well, something really cool is that I wouldn't have met my husband.
0: Yeah. yeah. Absolutely.
3: And that's huge. You know, the Oklahoma music scene shaped our entire lives.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. So we, you know, we love Oklahoma. It's home. We love the audiences. Um, the show we just played Monday, um, our big Christmas show at OU, just the the love and support that we get here is just really amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, when we're in L.A., people are too cool, if you know what I mean, to appreciate stuff. And they, they are not easily amused or entertained. And uh, people are just not as responsive, even if they are listening. They're just there's just not that friendly, you know, southern charm at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. When we get to play um, shows for our home audience, it is very welcoming and Mm -hmm. we really do appreciate that. And so I was reminded of that this week.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. We'll give the Oklahoma Film and Music Office our love. We've had Lindsay Flowers on here, yeah. and just we love their group. They do a lot for our state, and yeah, and, they do. And film and music, um, yeah. And then my second question was, what's a day in the life of you guys like? I mean, I'm envisioning you guys like sitting in your living room, like practicing songs, like. But is that the reality? Like, what it? What's kind of what is your day? What does your well, lives look like together? Right now,
2: mm-hmm. the the down and dirty. I'll tell you the down and dirty. Do it. The down and dirty is that I have a day job mm-hmm. that a lot of people don't know about. Mm-hmm. And it's not something that I, I'm ashamed of at all mm-hmm. because it's the reality of being a musician. Mm-hmm. Um, there's times when I go six months and I don't have to, you know, uh, do other work, but you know, right now I'm working as a landman, mm-hmm. and uh, that's something that I'm doing part time. And, uh, and you know, of course, while I am doing that, uh, Maggie's hustling on the laptop, working sort of as a manager for both of us. Yeah. And uh, you know, people probably see the two of us and all our travels and things like that, and go, "Man, they're they're uh, they got some fat hondos in their bank, you know, <laughs> or whatever in their pocket." But that's not the case. I mean, we are working musicians, and we're still we're still trying to get to mm-hmm. a point where we're really sustaining mm-hmm. um this thing but uh
3: every day really looks different it really too, does, and it that, does look different. like we have no idea like when we wake up in the morning i'm like well i wonder what's gonna happen today <laughs> <laughs> because
4: i never know <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. and and things just pop up and i have to respond immediately i have to do this that that something falls through the cracks oh wait it's not happening okay oh wait it is okay mm-hmm. you know it's just it's crazy and so it's a constant. Um, it's it's constant. Uh, just keeping up with it all, and um, every day really is different. Um, some days we'll spend practicing. This month we spend a lot of days playing gigs. A
4: lot of, a lot which of is time great. in the studio as well. Working a lot on of time in the studio.
3: Music. A lot of time um, writing and going over songs and. Um,
0: what we are do- you guys recording? Sorry to interrupt. Oh but no, I- you're
3: good. We have a home studio, but we we can record. Um, we have a few people that we can work with here in Oklahoma. We have a lot of people all over, actually. It's really cool now with everything with Pro Tools and people's setups. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We can, you know, do a guitar, vocal, piano to a click and send it to our friend who will then put drums on it and then just send it back over and then we'll I mean, put bass. I and mean, I pretty much do
2: everything with production except yeah.
4: oh, nice. tracking
2: yeah. live drums. And, you know, we outsource that to several drummers that we know that have studios. And so, yeah oh,
4: that's awesome. you know, it's
2: just so easy to do with, with technology now. But, I mean, just like our Christmas stuff, since we're in town, you know, we our, our first Christmas song we worked with uh, a talented musician here, Mitch Bell, mm-hmm. um, who uh, is just phenomenal. But we he produced it and we kind of worked on it together, but we, we of course went back to him for our, all of our Christmas Mm -hmm. stuff. Really. He's, he's been involved in all of it except one song. And, uh, And our new one that we released this year, Christmas Time Again, he produced as well. So we work with him. We're in town and Mm -hmm. um, kind of getting to know the guys Mm -hmm. over at um, Castle Row. Garrett um, Mm -hmm. is awesome. I just did some um, actually some really great live videos of my band playing over there Mm -hmm. that I'm going to release when the record comes out uh, in the new year.
1: So, So when did the Christmas EP come out?
2: The Christmas EP here came out last year, mm-hmm. but we released one new single this year mm-hmm. okay. that's not on the EP. So we didn't. We Christmas didn't, we, time again. It was again. just digital. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really so there's cool. no printed copies yeah. of it. But uh, the fault we actually recorded five more songs this year. We didn't get them all finished in time. So we decided we're gonna wait and just sort of put out a whole. Record of it all. Sweet. Yeah. Put it all together. We'll have to come back next year for
1: our Christmas tradition. we would love to. Maggie and Shane show. That would be perfect. It'd be fantastic.
2: And it's really cool. Like this Christmas project started off as a passion project. Mm -hmm. We both love Christmas music. And the first song we wrote was Kiss for Christmas. And it was just something Maggie goes, let's see if we can write a Christmas song. And I'll never forget. We just kind of sat down and we like carved out two hours and the song came and it was like really exciting and fun. And then so the next year, uh, we were in LA and, and the songwriter that I've worked with for years since 2004 is one of my, you know, old co-writers. His name is Jeff Silbar and he wrote the song, you're the women beneath my wings, his biggest song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I love it. and, uh, we said, Hey, uh, We've got some ideas for some Christmas songs. Would you be into writing with us? Of course, you know. And so well, that's wait, when we, what did he say? What did he say?
3: I've never written a Christmas song. Oh yeah.
2: He told us he had never written a Christmas song. I was like, well, great. This is a good challenge then. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, think, I think he was I think he was, <laughs> he, was he was joking because I know I know him better than that. He's written everything. So so maybe he hadn't written a great Christmas song. Maybe that's what he was saying. So we sort of challenged ourselves and it's fun because you know the chord changes. I mean, it's jazz music. You know, and it, 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 you know when are you going to play at thirteen? You know, in pop or blues or rock, or whatever. I mean, I don't know. it's fun to
1: get to. You know,
2: yeah.
4: Stretch it's interesting out a how bit. Christmas
1: songs have a sound. Yeah. They do, but it's not necessarily definable. But when it's you know, right. it sounds like a Christmas song, and is that because it might have the same signature as like Jingle Bells or some other Christmas sure. song?
2: I mean, you've got Jingle Bells. You've got Xylophone or whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah, I,
3: I put my bells on everything.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: That's
3: what You're I sure. call the, the Christmas the magic. Christmas, of
1: Christmas course, it out a little bit. Course, <laughs> a major is there course. a Christmas time signature, or is it just kind of a how they all? I mean, yeah, that is interesting. I've never thought about it like that, but it's yeah. a definite yeah. sound. Well, we all of the Christmas songs too—they all
2: swung. swing. They yeah. all have yeah. a lot of swing yeah. to them, you know. And uh, so that's a certain feel. But you know, we challenged ourselves to write something that would be classic and sort of stand the test of time, and and that was our first like. Three way Co Riot, we wrote uh, the first thing on my Christmas list, and we were kind of stood back from it. I go, man, this is pretty cool. And then we recorded it, and it just was one of those things that just kind of happened quick. We didn't, you know, it was just like the stuff we're already doing, you know, we're just putting stuff in the tank, and and this song has gotten us so much.
4: Mm
2: -hmm. You know, it's moved the ball down the road for us in a a huge way. Even
3: more so than our solo projects, and it's in some ways, and it's interesting because. We just did it because we wanted to because we love Christmas music and we wanted to do something together and mm-hmm. it was it came from just a pure place of wanting to, out of just excitement for holiday music. Sure. And it's like really cool. Yeah, well, I feel it's like really cool. For
1: so long, you know, everybody's done a Christmas album. But it seems like everybody's Christmas album is traditional Christmas songs. Sure. You know, but in the last mm, 5 or 6 years I, because I'm a big Sufjan Stevens fan and his Silver and Gold 48 track Amazing. Christmas epic that you I've can't been listening believe that to he could
2: release like a five disc set. five
1: I mean, record geez. 48 track Christmas <laughs> genius, album <laughs> and some of them like, are covers that he's kind of right. made of own but the cool
2: thing is is like even the ones he's done multiple times there's different versions oh yeah of those so songs. many
1: different versions and but then you know two thirds of them are his own like original thing. right like, Christmas Unicorn is my favorite <laughs> Christmas song but yeah. you know here just recently because I remember for the longest time. I, I remember having conversations with my friends. Why does anybody come out with new Christmas songs? You know, yeah. there's, all, there's like 20 Christmas songs, and then it's just over and over. And so you guys making this EP that's all new Christmas songs. It's just so cool, and they all sound very, very cool. Thank, Thank you. you.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, we're excited for our listeners to get to hear these songs. Where can, where can our
1: listeners find the Christmas EP?
3: They can find the EP on iTunes, or they can order signed copies that come with a ornament that matches
1: Where's on our, our ornament? website. There's not... I, love
3: that. I know. I'm oh, sorry. Okay. I forgot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we forgot. some. In the, we got some in the van if you no want right. but yeah, from our Big Cartel website. Yeah, like, you can just
3: go to MaggieMcClure.com or ShaneHenry.com and yeah. go to the store.
1: Pick yeah. up the EP there. Yeah. yeah, but it's on all the like iTunes spots. Sure. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that, we're on all the noise. digital mm. digital uh, sites. Cool. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. you guys are wonderful. We could visit all night with you guys, I think. <laughs> and we will put
1: pictures of the Maggie McClure Disney princess yes. Christmas artwork. You guys
0: look well, wonderful Well, we should also. I mean, shanes
1: he's a prince. I know. Mm-hmm. I took
0: pictures of it already. So <laughs> it's we'll pretty, pretty much Prince nuts.
1: Eric and Shane. I mean, they've yeah. got the same <laughs> jaw on.
0: I know. You guys are a beautiful couple. Well, I think my nose Aww. quite makes
2: it into the prince category. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. And inside and out, because it's been really lovely to visit with you guys. I know, again, I've known you guys for a few years. But I didn't get to know all of you know, your backstory and your sure. journey. And so hmm. this is one reason I, it's, it's nice to do this, is sit down and kind of hear mm-hmm. hear, hear, the, hear the stories about where you guys came from and where you're going and awesome. all that good stuff. So um, well, thank
1: you for having us. Yeah, yeah we're real so excited much. to see what happens in the next years. And seriously, come back and play Christmas songs for us next year.
0: We We can't wait to have you guys back. I mean, already I'm mapping out my mind. (laughs) (laughs) We can't wait. (laughs) Thank you, guys. Thank you. you. Well, for our listeners, you can find Grounded Sounds um, on... Facebook, Grounded Sounds Okay, Twitter and Instagram, at Grounded Sounds, and stay tuned for Maggie McClure and Shane Henry and their Christmas songs coming up next.
1: And real quick, before we leave, you guys want to let us know where we can find you guys on social media? Yes. Sure. uh, At Shane Henry Music on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook.
3: And my Facebook is Maggie McClure Music, and Twitter and Instagram are Maggie McClure.
1: Perfect. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in, and this is going to be our last show before um, Christmas. yeah So, Merry Christmas, Jen. Merry
0: Christmas.
3: Happy Merry, holidays.
1: Merry Christmas to Maggie and Shane.
0: Merry
3: Christmas.
1: And um, Merry Christmas to my darling wife, Carrie, that's sitting Who's here in here the tonight. studio with us. Yes. And next time we record a live podcast, we might have a baby. I know. So I can't
0: wait to talk about Alice and
1: I'll have to bring Allison to uh, record um, the. Ne- we might not record another one before Alice comes, but we might. So yeah. we'll see.
0: Oh uh, well, we're sending care and love to you guys and to your family as well, and to Happy all of our holidays, listeners. Happy holidays,
1: Merry Christmas, everything to all of our listeners and to seriously, thank you so much for um, tuning in every week, and we really, really appreciate. We got some numbers, and people are actually listening. We really appreciate it. Yay. And if you do like what you're hearing on um, Grounded Sounds, please go to Mostly Harmless Media, click on the Support Us tab. Um, If you want, pick us as your favorite podcast. And uh, you can, it is all listener supported, so please uh, pick whatever you can donate. Um, It's a monthly recurring donation where you can sponsor the show, and we really would appreciate that.
0: Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Merry Christmas. And
1: thank you, Jen. Merry Christmas to you guys. Feliz Navidad. Feliz
2: Navidad.
3: (laughs) All right. Hey, guys. I'm Maggie McClure. I'm Shane Henry. And we are here tonight on Grounded Sounds, and we're going to play some original holiday music for you guys. We're going to start off with an original called Christmas Time Again. This is our new single. One,
5: two, three. Christmas lights are... My favorite time of, of the year Singing for a snow well the silver bells, the shining night. Dead the halls the rubber bomb bombing, blue dust, show.
3: fun. Well, that sound
1: great?
2: Yeah. acoustics in here are awesome. Just fun.
3: Yeah. Um, we're going to play you guys another one of our original holiday songs. And this one we released last year. It's called Happiest of Holidays.
2: Be sure to check out the music video on YouTube. Oh
3: yes. It was a lot of fun. Uh, last year we got to do a full blown out video for this and we went with a Home Alone style it was the uh, 25th anniversary of Home Alone, mm-hmm. so I was Kevin McAllister, and Shane is Marv.
2: <laughs> we literally and really did the paint cans. We in really did. And in, in, in my method acting that I like to do, I really wanted the, the real thing, and he was like, man, this is not looking real enough. And I was like, swing that can harder!" And he, he literally did, boom, hit me right in the forehead. He had a gash a in gash. his forehead
3: for like weeks. <laughs> so seriously,
2: watch that video, you will laugh. It's re- it really happened. I'm gonna grab yeah. my water real fast and just
3: take a little <laughs> sip before we sing this next one. Sure. Thank you. So yeah, this, this next one's called Happiest of Holidays and um, there's also a lyric video for it that we did as well. And uh, the artwork for the EP was designed by our good friend James Lopez, who is an animator for Disney. So it's pretty awesome that we got to have him do the artwork for it. Keep an open ear while you're doing your Christmas shopping, because you might hear this. You never know. It's playing at Walgreens and Kohl's and Macy's and My FedEx,
2: store, Toys
5: R Us. <laughs> oh yeah!
3: <laughs> yeah. One, two, three, four. close out with one more? Yeah, let's do one more. Cool.
2: I think I got it in my voice. Let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. I think I can hold out for one more song. It
3: summer.
4: is. <laughs> Gotta go big.
2: <laughs> so all of you Okies that listen to Magic 104.1, oh, mm-hmm. a yeah. little plug for Steve O'Brien. Oh, yeah. Um, this song's been uh, on their rotation for the last few years, and uh, it's an original song called First Thing on My Christmas List. Yeah. Let's do it. Ready? Let's do it. That's
3: it? Oh, we should probably also share. This song will be featured um, on a Hallmark movie. This, uh, and we're really excited. It's called uh, My Christmas Love. Correct the movie. Yeah. So watch out for that. That's
2: on Saturday. This is coming Saturday. Yes. Hallmark Channel and it should PM. be
3: rerunning as well yep. through Christmas. Pretty exciting. <laughs>
2: I know my grandma's gonna be excited. She loves this. Yeah, Walmart. she That's is. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, we all really do. Yeah, we like all I really do. So you know what? I was binge watching <laughs> the Hallmark Channel the other night. It was like amazing.
3: It's always like the same story too. But yeah, we still watch. <laughs>
2: yeah. Stay in tune. Well, for as chilly as it is, hard. let's do it.
3: Ready.
5: My and time. of Let's eat. go pick out our and treats. let's stop the stockings and hang up the mistletoe. mistletoe. The nights are getting let Just put another log on the fire. How about some hot apple cider? Sounds real good to me. We're singing along to the Christmas songs on the radio. Kidding. Yeah chocolate kisses you touch here and christmas wishes first thing on my christmas this is you first thing on my christmas list is you i can't wait for you to open your can't guess what? I, mean. I have to wait till Christmas. Oh, I'll I tell Santa. I've you've been, been extra nice this year. <laughs> candy candy canes, canes and chocolate, chocolate kisses. you are cheering cheer and Christmas wishes. First thing on that Christmas list <laughs> is you.